Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, welcome to today's uh, Man on the Post Extra Time Euros Roundup. I am your host, I am Chris. Um, with me, I've got nobody, absolutely nobody, unfortunately. Uh, the only person that could make it for tonight's recording is Mark. We've had a few technical issues, which means he couldn't stay on the line, unfortunately. He was over in Paris, uh, taking in some of the atmosphere over there. Um, and unfortunately, we had a few technical issues, uh, which means you've got just me, I'm afraid. We're about half an hour after... Um, Portugal have drew 1-1 with Iceland in probably my second, well, joint first favourite game of uh, the whole tournament so far. Um, Nani scored with uh, a close-range finish in the first half, and then, you have to excuse my pronunciation, uh, Björke Bjornesson wrote his name into the Icelandic history books with a little volleyed equaliser towards the end. Awful defending there from Portugal. Um, number 11, I can't remember his name unfortunately, was pulled out in, back into central defence as the cross came in, leaving lucky old Bjornesson at the back to uh, volley in with his lovely flowing blonde hair. Um, Portugal struck, well, Portugal struggled early on. They played five across the middle. Um, Iceland did in defence and then they sort of had three in midfield and, and uh, one or two up front. Kind of packed the middle of the pitch, leaving Portugal's only options really is to attack down the flanks, which is where they got their joy. Um, Iceland really unlucky early on not to go uh, ahead. Um, Gilfie Sigerson went very close early on, forcing the keeper into double save as he cut him from the left-hand side. Again, they had joy as well as they went down the flanks uh, rather than going towards Pepe and Ricardo Carvalho, um, 38-year-old Ricardo Carvalho. Um, at the end of the first half, just to give you a bit of information as to wh- how they got on, uh, Portugal had got 12 shots compared to Iceland's two. Um, they'd also got 308 passes compared to Iceland's 106. Kind of gives you the idea of where um, the, the direction of the game was going. The atmosphere was very similar, I'd suggest, to a um, an FA Cup tie where you've got a lower league team playing at home against the team from the Premier League. Uh, Portugal with a um, Premier League fancy dance come against these lower league chances from Iceland. Um, 8% of the po- of the Icelandic population, they reckon, has decamped to France to follow the uh, follow the fortunes of their national team. Um, and the atmosphere was one of those, sort of low, like I say, those lower league atmospheres where the crowd are on top of you, stamping their feet, making an awful lot of noise, really quite trying to intimidate the... Um, the Portuguese opposition and it worked Ronaldo was quite shaken early on uh, by a couple of challenges as well um, and it seemed to sort of bear fruit until Nani scored second half after uh, Iceland equalised Nani almost scored uh, he had another shot another chance um, he flicked on a Ronaldo free kick probably what was that two three inches wide of the far post Uh Ronaldo had two rather comical free kicks towards the end. Um, this is pretty much the last kick of the game, the 93rd minute. Um, there was uh, a free kick about th- about 35 yards out. It must have been. 
he took his free kick only to wallop it straight into the Icelandic wall. Uh, the referee then gave another free kick and for the uh, handball by the Icelandic wall, much closer. This was probably only about 25 yards out, much more uh, easy for Ronaldo to take one of his sort of trademark poses and uh, run up and shoot but again he walloped that one straight into the wall as soon as he hits the wall referee blows up full time everyone happy apart from uh, Ronaldo um, yet yeah, do feel a little bit sorry for him this Portuguese team is not great uh, you've got Ronaldo you've got the young lad Sanchez who came on as a substitute he did okay Quaresma of course he was unfit uh, the godlike genius that he is he came on towards the end made very little impact unfortunately um, Nani did okay but other than that you're really struggling for creativity in the Portuguese midfield it's a real heavy burden that Ronaldo's got to carry along with him uh, and he's playing with players that are far inferior to the what he's used to at Real Madrid uh, there's no Luka Modric there's no Benzema there's no Bale anywhere near that quality in this Portuguese team um, the last time they anywhere closer is at 2004 the, the tournament they hosted they got to the final where they both lost to Greece in the opening game and lost to Greece in the final um, I can't see him get anywhere near that again uh, this game also notable for a little bit of Pepe shithousery as well Twitter kind of went into meltdown as he uh, as he was fouled and as he fell on the floor he sort of scissored his way between the uh, Icelandic player and sort of tried to chop him in two in a little pair of Pepe scissors uh, it didn't work unfortunately and um People not happy. Uh, so that's that game done. So we're going to go back to Sunday night now. Group C, Germany 2, Ukraine 0. This is the game that was recording while Ross and the guys were recording. Um, this game has been played while Ross and the guys were recording on Sunday night. Uh, goals from Mustafi and Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, when I watched this the first time around, I, I thought that the Ukraine were incredibly disappointing. And listening to people in various other podcasts since... I thought maybe I was a little bit wrong in that. So I've gone back and watched the highlights again. And I think, to be fair to the Ukraine, um, they uh, they did have some impressive moments. They had the uh, the shot from the edge of the area that Neuer had to make quite a quick reaction diving save to because it was a heck of a shot. Uh, they had the really bizarre header where the German defender headed back towards where he thought Manuel Neuer was and evidently wasn't. And Neuer had to go running back towards the goal to fish it out before it crossed the line and of course they had the rather fantabulous contortions by uh, Jerome Boateng cross comes in he hits it towards his own goal he actually runs past the ball somehow and uh, just as the ball's about halfway over the line he manages to sort of fall backwards and volley it out and fall in the back of the net wonderful piece of uh, athleticism if anyone's not seen this you really have to go and see it um and another couple of shots as well. So I think I was probably a little bit hard on how they were going, on how on how the Ukraine were going. So they're no mugs by any means, Ukraine. You look at them and you think, well, maybe it's just Yarmolenko and Konoplyanka, um, which is what it pretty much is. But, you know, they, they play to the sum of their parts. Um, Schweinsteiger, they loved, the German fans loved him coming on. Uh, as he ran on, they, the announcer gave out his first name and the German fans, to a man, pretty much chanted out his surname. Um... He comes on the pitch and Ukraine chasing an equaliser as they're losing 1-0. They play the ball towards the edge of the German penalty area. Uh, I think it's Ozil that comes away with it. Schweinsteiger has only just come on the pitch. Bundles of energy. Uh, not quite the Schweinsteiger we've seen in the Premier League over the course of the, the, the um, season. Bounds down the end of the pitch as fast as his little legs will carry him. Cross comes in. He takes the ball really well. It sort of cushions it as it bounces just before it hits him. He has to cushion it into the top of the net. 
Uh, and then he runs the length of the pitch back to Manuel Neuer. I don't think he's ran that far all season. Um, so he runs the whole length of the pitch to score, whole length back again to celebrate. Um, 66% possession for Germany. 18 shots compared to the Ukraine's 5. 621 passes compared to the Ukraine's 288. Uh, next up for Germany, they've got Poland. Um, a nice little quiet local affair there, having seen Russia and the England fans in the last few, few days. And again tonight as well, as they've kind of met each other. Although the England fans, I think, have teamed up and joined forces with the Welsh. Um, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. And then Ukraine versus Northern Ireland. Uh, that's also coming up later on um, this week as well. Jürgen Lowe, fresh from scratching his knackers and scratching his ass and sniffing it, um, managed Germany to their 88th win. Only Sepp Herberger, with 94 wins, has been more successful as a German manager. Um Monday in Group D, that was Spain 1, Czech Republic 0. Uh, I've seen a few PK blinders tweets as he scored in the 86th minute. Nice little header there for Gerard PK. Spain are struggling. I think they're really, really struggling. They've had um, the team that won the Euros in 2008, the World Cup in 2010, Euros 2012. Brilliant, you've got that team that's there. Uh, it begins to break up afterwards, and we saw the result of that at... Um, the World Cup two years ago, where they went out in the group stages and absolutely shellacked by Holland 5-1. Um, they've not really placed David de Villa. They've gone through several options, unfortunately, to try and replace him. Uh, they've gone through Diego Costa, um, various others as well. Diego Costa didn't even make the squad. They started with kind of Nelito and Alvaro Morata uh, up front this time. Uh, they both drew a blank again. Morata has had a fantastic season. There's talk of him going everywhere from Juventus. There's talk of him going to um, the Premier League. Talk of him going back to La Liga, either Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid. Um, I think it's very crossed. The signing of Pjanic this week, which has gone quite under the radar with the Euros. £29 million, Milan Pjanic has gone to Juventus from Roma. Hopefully, Morata and Pogba, etc. will kind of see that as a statement of intent by the club to do well in the Champions League. And both of them might be convinced to stay. Um, but going back to Spain, they're really, really struggling up front. They've tried five signs of Fabregas and De Silva as well, and they've not quite worked out. So you kind of hope if, they, if Spain have got to do anything in this tournament, um, then their strikers have got to start scoring. They can't really rely on the likes of PK to come up with 86th-minute winners when they're going to play against teams who are quite happy to sit back and let the, Spain come onto them. Um, Cesc Fabregas cleared off the line from Theodore Selassie. Uh, Andres Iniesta was Andres Iniesta he was just absolutely gorgeous to watch again um, Spain are though unbeaten in the Euros since they lost to Portugal in 2004 and they've not conceded in over 600 minutes at the Euros they completed 378 passes and a 74% possession against the Czechs uh, but despite all that as I said they did struggle to break them down um, just as a state statement of how ambitious the Czechs were, uh, the player that made the most passes with the Czech team with 36 passes was Peter Czech in goal. So that kind of shows you where we are with that. Thomas Rizicki, who played probably about 20 minutes, I think, for Arsenal season, he played the full 90 minutes for uh, the Czech Republic as well. Um, next up, for the Czechs, they've got Croatia, which I would suggest arguably is a harder fixture than the one they've just played. Um, what they really need to do is maybe hope for a draw against Croatia and get something against Turkey and, and maybe they hope they can go through as a third place team. Uh, well, that's this Friday in St Etienne and Spain are playing Turkey and Nice. And again, I don't think that is 
an easy victory for Spain by any means. Turkey more than held their own against Croatia on Sunday. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of t- what kind of tactics Turkey will employ. Will they take the game to Spain or will they, will they just be quite happy just to sit back and let Spain come at them? Uh, it didn't go far wrong against Croatia uh, on Sunday. They, they almost got away with it. Um, other games we've had today. Well, we had yesterday, we had Ireland 1, Sweden 1, Wes Houlihan uh, with a rather sumptuous volley, it has to be said. Uh, and then a Kieran Clark own goal. Um, this being me hosting the Man on the Post podcast, there is no Zlatan ass-kissing here, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately for you people I seem to be the only person in the world that's missed his Latam boat I'm afraid uh, and he's definitely not stopping at this station so it can tootle on past um, Ireland probably paid for a few uh, a few wasted chances earlier on in the game Robbie Brady hit the bar uh, they had some other chances as well and then he had the goal from Hulan. Um and then just sort of more and more pressure from Sweden uh, across by Zlatan. Uh, bypasses Jack Randolph or Jack Rudolph and then comes straight to Kieran Clark, Aston Villa's Kieran Clark, I think, who heads it straight back into his own net. It, very difficult to know what to do in that situation because he had a Swedish player coming behind. He had to really attack the ball. It's just he got his angles all wrong, I'm afraid. Um, so I don't think. I think both teams from this will see it as a chance miss because. I don't think either of them are great, to be honest. Ireland are pretty much a sum of their parts. Again, you know, like a lot of teams, smaller teams in this in this tournament. Now the tournament's been opened out to all the greater teams, which I think is probably... 24 teams, I think, is probably a good idea. Uh, if it doesn't work out at this tournament, people don't like it, then you've not really wasted anything. You've just sort of tried something and it's not worked. Personally, um, I think it has worked. I think you see, we'll talk about it in a minute, the Hungary result today. Uh, I think that shows that... Um, uh, the, the smaller teams do have something to offer. Albania as well. They they pretty much held their own the other day um, in their fixture as well. Um, Ireland, though, I'm still convinced that Ireland are the weakest team in this tournament. Uh, they've not had a clean sheet in the Euros since... Da, 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 da. Have a think, people. No Googling. They've not had a clean sheet in the Euros since their very first game against England when they won 1-0 in 1988. Um, a game that probably only me, Ross and uh, Colin and Mark can probably remember. I'm too much of a gentleman to suggest Laura might be able to remember it. Um, and of course that's their only win as well in the Euros. They've drawn two and lost four since then. So not a great tournament for Ireland. Uh, they've got to do an awful lot to improve. They play Belgium next who were a lot of people's choices before the tournament. Um, and Sweden play Italy in Toulouse. Sweden got their young players coming through. They're the under-21 uh, European champions. Uh, John Guidetti was in amongst those as well. I think he was there as an overage player, but he's he was there. Uh, he's got a rather vast opinion of himself, uh, much like other Swedish strikers. Unfortunately, this guy doesn't quite have the same talent as other Swedish strikers to back it up. Hopefully, I'm wrong and he'll be able to come good. Um, the game last night in Group E, the final game was Belgium nil, Italy 2. Excuse me. A lot of people were very sniffy both about this fixture and also, I think, about Italy as well. A lot of people saying this is the weakest Italian team for 50 years and they're not really worth, you know, they're not worth the fact that they uh, they shouldn't really be here because they're a very poor team. But look at the teams in the past, you know, they're the World Cup winning team of 10 years ago. Where are they now? Um, 
But they played okay. Belgium were the world number one ranked team. People were talking about these guys as if they were sort of hungry 1954 or something. But they frankly flattered to deceive. Emmanuel Giaccherini with a rather lovely um, finish over the top of Thibaut Courtois after a gorgeous pass by Benucci. If Pirlo had done that, we'd be talking about it till next week. Um, fantastic and wonderful pass it was from Benucci over in the sort of far right back position because they played a back three. Straight over the top. Missed out the Belgian defender, Giaccherini, with a lovely little stop of the ball. He tracked the ball gorgeously as well and tipped the ball over the top of Courtois. And then, of course, Graziano Pelle uh, with a wonderful volley towards the end there. That was a cracking volley. If he didn't hit that in the back of the goal, it still would have been travelling out the ground now. Um, and, of course, the goal, goal's made in the Premier League. Giaccherini still on loan, uh, but still officially a, a Sunderland player. For how much longer, I don't know. Uh, and Graziano Pelle, a Southampton player. Um, people really underestimating this Italy team, like I say. The back... Well, I say the back four because, you know, the players are three and the goalkeeper. You've got Barzoli, you've got Chiellini, you've got Benucci, and of course you've got Buffon in goal. They played together week in, week out. They know each other's games backwards, forwards, left, right, everywhere. Um, and with that kind of solidity... You really can build for the for going forwards as well. They've been lucky with Marchisio and Verratti not playing. Uh, De Rossi was a more than able deputy, as, as De Rossi obviously is. I think the big problem that will come for Italy is goals. Um, Pele did miss a couple of chances before then. Um, I honestly thought they were going to. Well, I thought what Conte should have done um, is maybe take Pele off. Obviously, he's he's there as the manager of Italy and I'm not and he knows more than me but I thought they're going to take Pelle off and maybe put Zaza on who Zaza has come on a few times as a sub for the Juventus over the course of uh, the season and he's done really really well whenever he's come on uh, he scores a lot of goals off the bench um, Belgium had a really really off night now there's a lot of talk about Vilmots being completely the wrong man to manage this team uh, he hasn't got the um, the flair or the tactical know-how or the willingness to let his team play that this obviously very talented team uh, deserve. Lukaku had an off night. He missed a, a one-on-one with Buffon, which was fairly easy. And he managed to curl the ball wide. Uh, Divock Origi, he's my baby. Um, he missed an easy header. Cross comes in. Uh, he jumped up and he missed his header. People on Twitter blaming his haircut. Rather oddly. Uh but yeah, he could. He should quite easily score that goal. Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard look very isolated in midfield and up front as well. And it's been eight matches since um, Belgium kept a clean sheet. And this is not a bad Belgian defence. Uh, Vermaelen did okay. Um, Vertonghen and Alderweireld did all right. And Simon at fullback as well. He did pretty well. Uh, he got forward quite a lot and he also came back and defended quite well. Um, and of course, Thibaut Courtois in goal, we all know what he's capable of doing as well. But it was that pass from Benucci that really sort of split apart the defence. Um, and I think the jury's out on Wilmots as to whether he's the man to take this team forward for the next two years. A lot of people are saying that this really, really is the time for this team to deliver. Um they're not going to get a chance again in two years' time. It's very young. You've got people like De Bruyne and you've got uh, you've got Lukaku, who are very young players. But you've also got players getting older a bit. The more important players are getting older a bit. Vincent Company's not there, of course. Uh, and you've got other players that are sort of getting towards their mid 
20s by the time the um the world cup comes around they'll be in the late 20s early 30s you know will, will belgium miss their boat again is this really the time for this so-called golden generation of of um belgium players to shine are they not going to get another chance again are other teams going to find them out uh we shall see with their next match when they play um when they play ireland you would have thought they would get three points from that italy I'd love to see this Italian team do well. I love watching Italian teams. I love watching Italian Italy play football. Uh, my only concern, like I said earlier on, is the fact that they they don't quite have the the strike force. I mean, you've got Adair as well, who they started with, who's really, you know he's not scored in quite a long time, six months or so in Serie A, awful long time. I think their best choice. They probably started with their their best choice up front, um, Insignia as well, and then uh, personally, I still would have brought Zaza on. Um, back in hindsight, obviously, looking back in hindsight, obviously, keeping Pelé on was great. But I think there's a time and there's a, a definite place for Zaza. I think he um, he's a player that could really sort of come on and score a couple of goals for you. Um, so going back to Group F, um, this afternoon we had Austrian or Hungary too. Habsburg derby, if you know your history. Um, you're going to have to forgive pronunciations here, left, right and centre. Szalai uh, scored for uh, first of all for Austria. His first goal in 41 games, and then Steibar scored afterwards. Um, you can tell how much it means to the Hungary players. First goal, well, both goals I think when they scored, they ran straight to their fans and jumped in. People again have been very sniffy about Hungary, saying that um, they barely deserve to be here. You know, with, which you can probably see looking back at the qualification. Then perhaps you're right. And without the third place qualification, then um, from the qualifying stage to come to the to this the actual tournament, then without that they wouldn't have um, be here at all, and that's true. But what you have to say is the fact that now they're here, they really state their claim, uh, and they show that they're here and they mean business, and they thoroughly deserve their place in this tournament. And they're top of their group, the top of the group that contains some hipsters' choice: Austria with David Alaba, Marko Arnautovic, uh, Christian Fuchs. Um, uh, Marco Janko as well and the Portugal of course got Cristiano Ronaldo and of course Corazma uh, and they're top of that group and very well done to them as well um, nearly wasn't that David Alibert after 28 seconds nearly created Euro's history the fastest goal uh, unfortunately he hit the post uh, Grabo Crowley then saved later on from um, uh, uh, from Junozovic as well Low down to his left uh, in his grey tracky bottoms. Gabor Karali, now 40 years old. He becomes the oldest player in the European Championships after... <gasps> That's right, Lothar Mateus. Well done. Um, Marko Arnautovic as well when the score was 0-0. He turned a cross into the, into the uh, six-yard box, which uh, I don't know who it was, but whoever it was for Austria just did his very, very best not to score. It was a really, really strange first half. It was like both teams weren't doing anything on purpose. They were just bumbling their way around the pitch just not sure what to do or how to play uh, second half was an awful lot better of course you had the red card as well um, for Alexander Dragovic the second yellow card uh, for a rather late tackle in the penalty area I didn't realise it was his second yellow I thought it was a bit harsh for a red card when I first saw it um, but yeah it was um, it was probably right as a second yellow uh, and a 37 year old Zoltan Gera as well playing for Hungary he's still their main man um Second goal from Steibart was 
very good. It was, it was on the break. Uh, Austria pushing forward for the uh, equaliser. Hungary catched on the break. Um, and in Stabroz through one on one with the Austrian keeper. Uh, and he doesn't place it either side of him, try and place it through his legs. He just chips it rather deftly. I wrote Poborski a show over it, but I don't. It's not quite as high as Poborski, but you know, that sort of range. Definitely chips it over the top. Really, really good goal. Um, and yeah, Hungary. Atop a group, uh, atop a group F. So it all starts again tomorrow. Um, Wednesday's games two o'clock. You've got uh, Romania versus Switzerland in Paris. Uh, Romania lost obviously first time round to um, uh, to uh, to France. Switzerland won their first game one 0 against Albania. Uh, Albania at seventeen hundred five o'clock. They take on uh, France in Marseille. Um, and then at 8 o'clock tomorrow night in England's group, you've got Russia versus uh, Slovakia. Um, both teams will be looking to get points from that, obviously, goes without saying. Uh, I've got a sneaky suspicion that the game between England and Wales will be a draw. Um, we play them at 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Now, the Welsh have been a little bit chippy and overconfident of this. Aaron Ramsey said, I believe we have the better team. Uh, Gareth Bale thinks Wales are more patriotic. Wales seem to have that next level. He talks about the next level in other sports, such as rugby and uh, whatever else Wales are good at. Um, yeah, me neither. Uh, so, are they getting overconfident? Are they getting arrogant? Are they leaving themselves open to writing England's team talk for them? Um England, you kind of wonder how they're going to line up. I can't... Unfortunately, I can't see Roy doing anything different than what he did before. I can see him lining up with the same starting eleven, which is, okay, fine. Um, Again, I thought England did pretty poorly in the first game against Russia. It was only when I went back and listened to other people's podcasts when people were praising them that I went back and watched the highlights and I thought, well, yes, okay, um, they, 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 they did do very well. I only hope that he doesn't put Harry Kane on um, on corner duty again. I, I failed to see the logic in that. He's one of our best headers of the ball. Probably the best header of the ball. Um, he doesn't take dead balls at all for Tottenham. So why on earth is he doing them here for England? Wayne Rooney's taken dead balls before for Manchester United. Albeit as successful as I'm not sure as you as you want to point out, um, you've got Deli Alley that can take dead balls or should be able to take dead balls. You've got um, Adam Alana as well. I'm sure can take a corner. I'd rather have Harry Kane in the box waiting for the corner than actually doing the taking of the corners. Um, I would play Harry Kane as well ahead of Jamie Vardy. I think there was a lot of hindsight going on. Uh, in the post-England analysis from the Russia game where people were saying that England should have brought on Jamie Vardy and stretched that 70-year-old combined defence or central defenders of Russia. Um, but looking at the game itself, England were 1-0 up at the time. They needed to try and close the game out, uh, kill the game off. Bringing on James Milner, I don't think, was a particularly um, silly move. I could quite easily imagine that, um, you know... it. it I can easily imagine that that would have worked out. And it, and people have also said they can't legislate for the goals like the Russians scored. I honestly think you can. I think Chris Morning has got a lot to answer for for that goal. He let the he stood and watched the ball. He didn't 
He didn't track backwards. He didn't jog backwards to try and get to the flight of the ball. He sort of watched it loop over his head. And also, Danny Rose should not have been the one challenging for that header as well. Somebody else should have been in there. Somebody taller should have been there. Maybe Smalling, maybe Cahill, I think. Um, should have been in there challenging for that header that um, that led to the, the to the goal. So, I don't think we can put England's lack of a win entirely down to Roy not bringing on Jamie Vardy. Um, how's it going to go? Personally, I think this is going to be a draw and Russia will beat... Uh, Russia will beat Slovakia and meaning that England go into that final game against Slovakia where they they do need a win Um, because if you look at the games for the next round teams that come in third are going to play the teams that come top Um, and really you want to come as high as you can in your your, uh, respective group to avoid those pitfalls Um, so there we go Uh, that's my little take Um, by my sort of idea of where of where the games have gone these last few days and where I think they're going to go the next couple. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Ross and the guys, I think, will be back on Thursday after uh, the England game was played. They're going to come back and do a podcast. I think there might even be one over the weekend as well. Um, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Any five-star reviews are gratefully received. Uh, any um, uh, reviews on Acast as well are gratefully received as well. Um, you can download us via Raycast and, and subscribe via Raycast app. Uh, you can download via iTunes as well. Uh, at Man of the Post is the uh, Twitter account. Man of the Post.com is the website account. We've got an Instagram account at Man of the Coast, at Man of the Post even. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at C Armband. Um, there's also the competition which was been open, the sweepstake which I think has been open. Uh, I think that's closed. Ross and the guys are doing the predictions before the, the um, before the game. You can use the hashtag MOTP predicts. You can join in with uh, with what they predict for the for the games over the forthcoming days. Um, and all that remains to be said is thank you ever so much for listening. It's been a very old episode, but I hope you have bared with us and do appreciate it. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>